Shalom Aleichem Rabotai, this is Rabbi Kovacs. Yesterday, Mishnah Yomi began the fourth parak of Shabbos, and today, God willing, we're finishing the fourth parak of Shabbos and moving on to the fifth parak. There's actually only two Mishnayos in the fourth parak of Shabbos about insulation, hot mana, the act of insulating hot food on Shabbos. So as we mentioned yesterday, we forbid insulating on Erev Shabbos with any material that adds heat as a gezerah that he might use coals or something that's fire-related and stoke the coals or blow on them and add heat, havara and bishul on Shabbos itself. Great, so let's move on to Mishnah Bet, kind of about the, the muksa implications here. Tomnin bishlochin, you can insulate your pot with leather spreads, leather hides. These have another use. Metaltalinotan, you can use them. They're not muksa. You can move them around. You can sit on them, put them on the couch. Begizetzem, uh, or you can insulate with wool shearings you know, that you get from your from your uh, friendly neighborhood sheep. Um, but these, the ain metaltalinotan, you can't actually move these by hand because wool shearings are used to spin thread. So they're muksa, they're set aside for a non shabbistika usage. So Kate so what do you do if you put your pot inside of wool shearings to keep it warm? No til et so just lift off the lid, but no float, and the wool falls off the lid. Now you may be familiar with the concept of basis, a base. If something is holding muksa on top of it, it might also become forbidden to move. But this pot lid with the wool shearings on top of it, it's not designed or set aside to serve the wool shearings. It's not a wool shearings holder. It's a pot lid. It's here to serve the pot. That's very strong points out. So it does not become a buses to the wool. So you could pick up the pot lid and the wool just falls off. Then you can access your food. Now the mission continues. Rabbi Eliezer ben Azaria Omer Kupa, this box. So what's going on? If there's a the Feldheim Mishnayos has a picture here, the illustrated Mishnayos. He's got a box full of wool shearings with a pot inside. Mata alzida venotel. Tilt it on the side and then take out the pot or take out the food. Shema yitov because you might take it out, but you can't put it back. So what's going on? Zari points out there's a problem if the pot is in the middle of wool shearings and you pull out the pot, then the wool shearings might sort of collapse and fill up that hole, and then you can't put the pot back because you're effectively moving muksa. Sages say you could take out the pot and put it back. This is, again, assuming those wool shearings did not collapse in and fill in the little hole where that pot used to be. Now, the last part of this Mishnah states, If he had not covered up the food when it's still daytime, meaning before Shabbos, before Shkia, you can't insulate it and cover it up after Shkia. The reasoning we mentioned yesterday is we don't let you do any Hatmana insulation on Shabbos itself because you might find, well, it's not so hot, and you might turn up the burner or stoke the coals or end up doing some sort of Bishel or Malacha on Shabbos. Kisahu, he had already covered up Erev Shabbos, Minit Gola, and then it got uncovered by accident. Mutalaksaito, you go ahead and cover it again. We're worried about the changing the temperature at that moment of first covering it on Shabbos. Mimoliatakitan, you can fill up your jug of water, Benotin Latachat Kar, you can put it under your pillow, Olatachat Akeset, or under your something bigger than a car, says the Bartner, like a cushion or a couch cushion or something like this, or a big throw pillow or something similar. So the idea here is this was much to do even on Shabbos because it's cold water and you're just trying to keep it a nice normal temperature. 
or you're just trying to take off the chill. You're not trying to make it hot. You're not trying to keep it hot. So there's no gezerah about doing it on Shabbos itself. On to chapter hay. And it's a good way to remember chapter hay is about animals that eat hay. So with what accessories or items can an animal go outside on Shabbos and with what can't they go outside? So what's going on is we're going back to Mishnah Aleph, where we talked about Hotzah, changing Rishus, moving objects from one Rishus to another, or carrying an object for Amos and Rishus Rabim. So if an animal is carrying something, that's a problem because, again, your animals are commanded to rest on the Sabbath, as we discussed in the first pair, because of Machlok is Beishamah Beishilo. So we can't have them carrying stuff. But what if it's stuff that they're kind of wearing instead of carrying? So that's what this pair is going to talk about. Yotzea Gamal Be'afsar. Your camel can go out with the Afsar. This is a curb or a rope tied around the mouth, says the Bartnura. V'naka Bechotam. And the Naka, this apparently is the Naka Levana. This is some sort of more aggressive, more wild camel. And the Gemara says it's the white ones, which are especially dangerous. So they'd put a ring through their nostrils and you would tie a rope through this, you know, instead of a, um, instead of a collar, which gives some control, a nose ring gives quite a lot more control over the animal, which is necessary for this Naka Levona, which is a dangerous animal if it's not under control. So it's normal for it to have this nose ring in as that's sort of the collar for the animal. The lubdikis be perumbia, and the lubdikis, which apparently is the Libyan donkey, uh, can go with a prumbia. Now, this is sort of a piece of metal that goes in between the, the teeth. Like, I think it's a bridle a bit or a bridle or something like this, and it's tied around, so you have a rope tied around the mouth and going through the loops that are in this bit that's in the mouth. And that's also a way to control the animal because this, this Libyan donkey is particularly stubborn and strong and obnoxious and hard to control without this. So again, it's considered a normal worn item. Instead of a carried item, it's a worn item for this donkey. Vesus Besher, and the Sus can go out with his collar or chain around the neck. And anything that normally has a collar and a leash it can go out and be pulled with the collar and the leash. The Barner explains, uh, if you're not holding the animal by the leash, you could just wrap the leash around the neck of the dog or the horse or whatever it is, and if it's just following you, it's no big deal. It's not considered carrying an item because this is a normal thing that the animal wears, is that collar with the leash attached. And you do huzzah, on it, and tevila in the mikveh, even when they're still attached to the animal. Now here we're not talking about Hilchos Shabbos, we're talking about Hilchos if it got tame. So how does an animal's accessories or clothing get tame? Well, really the collar and the leash are for human use. You know, a, a dog doesn't need a collar unless it's it's a pet. And a horse doesn't need a, a, a you know, a, a, a lead and a collar unless you, you want to ride it. So these things can get tame. If they get tame mace, they need hazosh, they need hazosh sprinkling with the paraduma water, the mechatas on day three and day seven. They need tevila in the mikveh. So you could technically take your horse or your dog into the mikveh. I do not advise you try this lamaisa here in Baltimore, but technically uh, when we are in Yerushalayim, we have a base of mikdash and your, your horse leash 
and collar get tame, you, yeah, you could take your horse down into the mikveh if you got the mikveh big enough. Now, as a reminder, we don't paskin from Mishnayos, but uh, since it comes up, uh, you, you can walk a dog on Shabbos uh, using a collar and a leash. And of course, there's no issue at all when you're inside the Eruv. However, outside the Eruv, there are potential issues. And um, the post games say if you, if you have some leash coming out the back of your hand, it might look like you're carrying something. So they, so they say be careful not to have three tefachim, which is about 10 inches, or some say one tefach, about three inches, not to have that coming out the back. So you don't want to hold the leash in the middle and have some leash, you know, you know, falling out of the back of your hand that looks like carrying. So that's one thing to be aware of. And also outside of the area, you don't want the leash to sag and be close to the ground, you know, either within three tefachim, according to some post game, or one tefach. I've heard Rabbi Vadi Yosef says one tefach, about three inches, or about your tefach, you know, so you measure with your hands. Don't have the leash go that far down, drooping on the ground, because it looks like you're dragging something on the ground, us or on Shabbos. So if your leash is not too long, or your dog is not too close, that your that your your leash drags on the ground, you know, you keep you keep it taut. You you don't you don't let it go slack, and you don't have it coming out of the back of your hand. Then yes, it is still mutter to walk the dog outside of the eruv on Shabbos. And again, this is based on the OU website and Rabovadi's psak about the dogs. I'm not, I'm not making these up. I'm not passing from the Mishnah.